Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can hear I'm still <laughs> totally stuffy. Um, getting better every day is just a little bit better. <clears throat> Fucking eyelashes. Anyway, um, I'm here today with an amazing episode about healing through your divorce with my dear friend, Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, but I wanted to update you on a couple of things first. The first thing I wanted to let you know is that um, in case you missed it before, I am going to be hosting a free three-part um, workshop in my Facebook group. So it's only going to be there. Sorry, everybody. The topic is, so you've decided to get a divorce. What now? The vital steps you need to take to move forward with confidence and clarity. So this is going to be January 17th, 18th, and 19th at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern, exclusively in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the group, join it if you identify as a, as a woman. Sorry, guys. And then you can, you'll see the event invite in there or notice or something and make sure you RSVP so that we you get notification when I go live and when the workshop starts and all that stuff. So it's a three-parter. So join us. We've got one part on um, taming codependency. Big deal. We've got another part on sort of getting your ducks in a row. And then we've got sort of moving forward stuff. So um, it's going to be it's going to be great. And you should totally be there. So there's that. Um, I also wanted to give you guys a little bit of update on my dating life because you guys heard me talk about my resistance when I was interviewing Bella about um, peak dating season. And then I sort of dropped a couple of nuggets about like how I'd met someone and it was going really well and blah, blah, blah. So I just want to let you know that it is no longer. Um, there's nothing dramatic. But I wanted to let you know sort of like why it was kind of a big deal for me. Because I ended up, I think I told you this, guys, we did not have sex. And there were plenty of opportunities. And the, um, you know, sexual chemistry between us was quite uh, intense and good. Not intense, but it was really good. And we totally could have. But I was like, you know what? I want to do this differently. I do not want to, I don't want to do that. I want to get to know you without having my judgment be clouded by my vagina, <laughs> basically. And the more I got to know him, the less interested I was in him as a person. And had I had sex with him, I think I would have had to have sort of backpedaled and sort of been, um, had to like justify it or I would have been in it longer than I, you know, than I would have maybe wanted to, or I just would have, my judgment would have been clouded by my vagina. 
or by oxytocin or whatever, right? And as it stood, I just let that unfold naturally until I was having conversations with him that were kind of not going anywhere. And I felt bored. And I felt like we just were not on the same page about a lot of things. There's nothing wrong. He's a perfectly, you know, nice guy. But we don't really share a lot of values. And we ultimately didn't have a lot in common. And, you know, also, ultimately, I don't think I don't think he really had a job. It was all very kind of weird. And I don't know, like he's creating YouTube channels or something. I don't know. It was just not really, I just, I was not inspired to continue on. And so that was that. And I'm really sort of proud how it all, you know, went down and everything was fine. And, but I'm just, it was a huge thing for me, huge thing for me because I kept my, I kept my brain at the forefront. I allowed my brain to be the thing that was in charge. And then I became able to be at choice. And when I am you know, when I cloud my judgment with anything else, I am unable to be at choice. And that is huge. We all want to be at choice in our relationships. So that's that. On to today's episode. Speaking of being at choice, we are talking about your choice to heal through this process. And there is literally no one better to talk you through that than my friend, Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. She is a clinical psychologist, and she's the author of Light at the Other Side of Divorce, Discovering the New You. So, you know, come on. She's the expert here. She's the CEO and founder of the online divorce course and membership Afterglow, The Light at the Other Side of Divorce. Dr. Cohen is the CEO of the Center for CBT in New York City, and her online course teaches women how to heal, grow, and thrive after divorce, no matter how difficult the process has been. I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, Elizabeth's work in all areas. She's a genius. She, As I said, she's a dear friend. And here is my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. Elizabeth Cohen, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Thank oh. you so much for coming on and talking to us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kate. I love being with you. I could be with you all day long. Oh, I know. Me too. Full disclosure, um, I'm still really snotty from my eyelash um, experience that I told you guys about <laughs> last week. And Elizabeth is home in quarantine because her family has COVID. We're not going to talk about COVID, but I just found out that my son's um, half-brother has COVID. So we're like in a little bit of like a, I don't know, what are we in? We're like in a little like the heightened trauma. Yeah, like exactly. Like our ner- our nervous systems are a little activated and it's actually reminding me of what it felt like post-divorce mm-hmm. um, of this kind of like constant, did I do this? Did I check this? Did I do this? And one of the things we were talking about um, chatting about is a really important lesson that no matter what you're feeling now, we do have the ability to move through difficult times like divorce mm-hmm. and actually heal. Oh my God. Like so good. No matter what you think. And I know many of you out there think who is, what the fuck is this woman talking about? Like, this is the worst. No one's ever been through. My situation is so hard and I hear you. It is hard. Yeah. In no way are, are we saying it's not hard. And the golden and you are going to heal through this. That's right. That's right. And not just, I love that you said that, like, you're not just going to heal from this. 
you're going to heal through this. Totally. The only way through is through. I remember saying to my therapist, I just want this to be over. And she said, the only way through is through. And we have an opportunity. And I know you teach this so beautifully in your work to go through with guides, with help, with support, with um, self-compassion. Like we can go through that tunnel, however we choose, we can take those tools Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then that will heal us through it. Amen, sister. Amen. I was thinking this morning, actually, I was thinking about how, you know, if I, if I had never gone through what I went through, like I would literally not be here, (laughs) literally would not be doing the work that I do. None of it. Right. And so on the one hand, like, yeah, sure. I really wish I'd never been through it. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm not going to lie. On the other hand, going through it has brought me to a place in my life that I feel so, um, I feel so fortunate that I get to do this work. I feel so, so lucky that I get to be here having conversations with you that I get, you know, we get to walk this similar path together (laughs) that we get to, you know, have these conversations and the only reason mm. is because of having gone through what we went through. Yeah. And I want to share like I full ex- disclosure by a shrink. I had a lot of things wrong with me <laughs> that I had no idea were wrong with yeah. me that I only figured out because I had to go through. I went through my divorce because I was on my hands and knees and I had to figure out what was going on. I would have lived in my own self, you know, made ivory tower that I was perfect and nothing was wrong with me. If I hadn't gone through my divorce, like (laughs) my divorce brought me to a better part, a a healed part of me. And yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so funny. There's so many things that were wrong with you, by the way, there was nothing wrong with you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I struggled, (laughs) but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit we had. There's there's, there were a lot of things that we had to address. Right. And I feel, I feel the same way. I feel the same way that it's, it's interesting. I I was watching an episode of Queer Eye last night. And if anyone's watched this, you know, this latest season, there's the, the rancher, um, cowboy dude. Right. And at the end, you know, Emmett was like, I have all the faith in him and he's going to like, he's going to be great. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know, because you know, he had this wonderful realization, you know, that he's never apologized for anything that he, you know, he needed to do all this and he never quote loved himself. And that was like his big thing with Karamo. And I love Karamo, but you know, we're left with these platitudes. Like you just need to love yourself or like, we just, you just need to do the work, you know? And he said in his apology to his girlfriend, Kayla, who he had like screwed up the relationship with, he said like, Um, I really just need to do the work. Right. And I need to love myself first. And she said, I'm here and I hope that you, you know, continue to do the work and nowhere in the episode, does anyone say, this is what the work is. This is how you need to learn to love yourself. Right. Cause we talk about it all the time. You just need to learn to love yourself. And then it's like, yeah, I do. What the fuck does that mean? What the, exactly. And I think we do people, I think we give do a disservice. Oh. I couldn't agree oh, more, Kate. Such a disservice. When we say, gotta love yourself before you love someone else. What the hell does that mean? What right? the hell does that mean? Also, what I call bullshit, mean? by the way, because someone loving you is often a really phenomenal tool to learning to love yourself, right? Like other esteem is an, an 
important ingredient in building self-esteem. Totally. And we only heal within relationships. Right. So like we only, whether that's friendships, whether that's group dynamics, like we, we, so I also totally call bullshit on Mm -hmm. that. And I think that, you know, this is a slow, but steady, Uh slowly, but surely slow and steady job of working deeply and looking what's going on for me in this moment. What's a micro movement I can do. That's a little bit different. Uh This is not about turning your life upside down. You know, my life is drastically changed, but not because I decided one day that suddenly I was going to change my life. It was, I call them micro healings, these micro moments where I chose not to respond to the text right away. Or I decided to call a friend instead of raging at my ex, whatever these small little moments, that's what healing is. So all of you out there who are listening and thinking and getting all the pressure as we all do from people like, girl, you just got to love yourself or get over him. And he said like, no, no, this is a really slow process of small micro moments. That's great. I love that. So what are some of the micro moments? I love, first of all, I love that. I love that. I need that to land for a minute, (laughs) right? It is a slow, steady process. Learning to love yourself is a slow, steady process. Micro, I love the micro moments, right? And we, in program, we talk about taking the next right action, right? Which can Mm -hmm. be a micro moment, could be a a right action. But um, so what are some of those things you said, not responding to a text, calling a friend. I even think that there's like, you know, we said, you said like checking in with yourself. Right. And I almost wonder if there's a step, because if someone who had, for someone who certainly is getting out of a toxic relationship, that the, the design of the relationship is that you are taught never to check in with yourself because that's not safe. Right. Mm. How does one who has never learned to check in with themselves, who actually doesn't know, like, like, like me, when I started this work, right. I didn't know what a feeling was. Yeah. You know, I literally walked into my first therapy appointment. I think I've told you the story that my, my sponsor, like I, she, I would call her every, she's like, I had to call her every day. And I picked up the phone and I called her and she'd be like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, good. She's like, okay, good. It's not a feeling. She, so what, and I, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I, and I was paralyzed, mm-hmm. paralyzed. I didn't know what to say. And so she was like, I can't help you with this. You need to go to a therapist. And I walked into therapy. And the first thing she did was hand me a list of feelings. <laughs> Love it. I mean, you guys, we should put, you know, we're going to put a list of, of yeah. feelings in the show notes we'll because yeah. This was important. This was an important way. I'm answering my own question, I guess. I should ask, let you answer the question because you're the fucking expert. (laughs) (laughs) You are an expert as well. But like for someone who is in that feeling, in that state of paralysis of like, I don't know what this, I don't know what any of this means. Like intellectually, I think I do. And I really want to, but what's the first step? Yeah. So I'm going to give some, a big tool, a big tip, Uh and then some smaller Uh tips. That's cool. Um, first I just have to laugh because I have this, um, someone gave me this pillow that I'm sitting. It's the emotional sensation wheel. My pillow has all the emotions on it. So I could check the emotion. We are putting that wheel. Yeah. I had a list, but I like that wheel too. Cause it does, it, it brings them right. The outer layer are like, what's most obvious. And then like the inner, inner rings are like what's underneath it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I love love that. Okay. 
So I have this um, practice in my book. Now I totally understand what you're saying about, and I was the same way, like not having any idea how I feel fine, good. Like those were the words that I used to describe feelings. So I, I'm, I was totally, totally with you. And this is as a shrink. I mean, like I know every word and I can help everyone else, but I couldn't with myself. So the thing is that that is actually just, I think Tara Brock talks about it as a spacesuit. Like that's actually not true that you are not connected to your emotion. You have had to beautifully, and you did a beautiful job, put on this armor, put on this suit that protected you from really feeling your feelings because you were in an environment that made it impossible for you to have feelings. So the first piece that you all need to understand is that you actually do have it in you. Oh, I love that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you have it in you, here's a way to get it. You can do a visualization. I walk through this in my book where you just take your time imagining yourself walking on a path in any beautiful, sacred, special location you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And you're walking along and in front of you, you notice a light or something that's, that's walking towards you. And you start to realize that what's walking towards you is what you would call your future healed self. The part of you that you can't, you don't even have to imagine who that is or but that has already healed whatever you're struggling with. So this is the person who's gone through the divorce five, 10 years later and is just free of this. And walk towards them and take a minute and see what they whisper in your ear. Because I promise you, they have wisdom for yes, you. They do. And most times when people do this exercise, they have like, you're going to get through this. You've always had everything you need, right? You actually know what you feel. We just need to do a little distancing and a little believing in ourselves to get that information downloaded. Yes. I love it. That's actually one of the very first exercises that I have um, women do in my, in my, should I stay, should I go program? I have a, actually an audio visualization of it. Um, and this is what I called the inner guide, inner guide work. So yes, that, right. It is your, it is your future self. It is this, right. And it is always so, so I, I will tell you, it is one of the most powerful exercises that I think the beginning of the program, everyone's like, holy shit. <laughs> and I still do it all the time. Yes. And I do it all the time. It doesn't, ha- I do anything that I'm struggling with. I, I think about the future self and think about what she would tell me. It is so powerful because it's tuning into your own inner knowing. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's, that's the first thing I would say. And then as far as how to figure out how the heck you're feeling, I mean, I, I really like to say it's like by making mistakes and noticing, like it's totally doing it imperfectly. Yes. So like saying, okay, I'm going to see if I like you know, talking to this friend when I'm feeling this way or after, after work, and then you talk to them and you hang up and you think, take your, your emotional temperature. How did that feel? Did I like it? Did I not? Do I want to do it again? Did I like this? Did I not? Do I want to do it again? Ask yourself those three questions, check in. And then next time, maybe do it a little bit differently. If that's what those micro moments are, Kate, it's like, just trying with, do you see how there's like a lightness to it yeah. with that I'm talking about? Yeah. Like a curiosity, like there's yeah. no, like, 
intensity. That's right. Yes. I love that. It's not hard. What it is, is mindful. Like you're, when you're talking about, well, you know, I just sort of vision that, you know, for, for me, certainly, um, and for most of us at most times in our lives, we're just like rushing through stuff. We're like, you know, like I got that friend, that, that conversation, but I was, the, I was the person who would have a conversation with somebody that made me uncomfortable, but I wouldn't feel uncomfortable until the next day. Oh yeah. I was exactly the same way. And then by the way, I would notice I felt uncomfortable, ignore it, send them a text about how great it was. And then realize I felt uncomfortable. Yes. That's how much I denied my feelings. That's right. That's right. And yes. then suddenly you've got this resentment building up. And then the next time you see them, there's like some explosion or something like it doesn't make sense. And they're like, there's total dissonance. And they're like, what the fuck? Right. And so, and so it is a mindfulness of like, of actually taking that time and that space to notice how did that interaction actually make me feel? Huh? I actually feel kind of uncomfortable. Okay. What's that about? Right. And as you said, curiosity, right. It's not, it's not deep. It's not hard. It's just, it's kind of light. Right. 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 It's a gentle curiosity because this whole idea of loving yourself, I really want to reframe that as mm. being your own ally, being on your own side, being your own partner, being like, oh, baby girl, that really hurt you. Ouch. Let's go and take a rest. Yes. Like, how do you check in with you? A client was just asking me this. He was like, how do I not deal? How do I manage my uh, feelings of inadequacy when I'm in a social situation. And he said, I don't want to leave the situation. And I said, well, what would you do if a friend said to you, turned to you and just said like, it feels so inadequate and terrible. He said, I would, you know, give them a hug. I would remind them all the things they they can do. And I said, what about doing that for you? Yes. So it's, yes. it's becoming your best ally for yourself, your most loving ally. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. Wait, 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 don't go anywhere. Seriously, don't go anywhere because guess what? It's me. (laughs) I'm the sponsor. This is an ad for my program. Should you stay or should you go? You know that when I was in the depths of despair, struggling to decide whether or not to leave my marriage, I wanted a burning bush. I wanted someone or something to tell me clearly it's time to go or stay and you'll get through this. It's just a phase. I desperately wanted to protect my son from the fallout of divorce, but I wasn't sure if I was doing more damage by staying in my toxic marriage. What I know now is that instead of a burning bush, what I really needed was a system. There was an enormous stack of emotional boxes at my feet, and I needed someone to help me sort through them, like a Marie Kondo, but for my life. But of course, back in 2008, nothing like that existed. And since it didn't exist for me, it became my life's mission to create it for you. Should I Stay or Should I Go is the only online coaching program designed to help you make the right decision about your marriage once and for all. In this groundbreaking online coaching program, you will unlock the support, education, and deep transformational work you need to finally answer your most burning question. Should I stay? Or should I go? So head on over to my website, kateanthony.com, click on Should I Stay and sign up for the program, or find the link in the show notes and sign up for the program today. You do not need to suffer any longer. I got you. Back to our regular scheduled program. 
our community call last uh, yesterday, we were talking about, about like, what would you say to your best friend? And it's really, this is, this is reparenting, right? Because yes, the feelings of inadequacy, this is all childhood shit, right? This is all, this isn't just like from your divorce, right? Probably. And so, and so it's reparenting, right? Like, what would you do to that little girl or little boy self who feels so insecure and inadequate? Like, what, what, what would, what does that, what did you, what want? did you need, right? What did you want? To what did you need? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's so right, Kate. And not to be overly simplistic, but you know, it's not about the person that you're divorcing because you were tolerating that behavior, stepped into that marriage because it was familiar. The devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't. So you know that well. And so this, this abandoning your needs is an old, old familiar feeling. So loving yourself again is telling yourself that your needs matter, even if they're funny and weird and wacky. That's right. And saying, oh, baby girl, like you matter. You matter. And it's okay. And you didn't get your needs met and you, you know, and, and that wasn't your fault, right? That wasn't your fault. No, no. And that's, you know, it's really important for people to understand that neurobiologically children cannot understand when they're young, that (laughs) when a parent is not behaving appropriately, that it is the parent's responsibility to be be behaving in a certain way. We have a neurobiological need to blame ourselves to keep us safe and not alienate us from the parents. It's just, that's how the brain works. So if you feel like when people are pissed off at you or something is happening around you, it's your fault. That's because you were trained to feel that way. So this is the reparenting. It's stepping in for me. I imagine myself as a baby and I imagine holding her and saying, oh, what do you need? I'm here, whatever you need. I'm here to hold you and nurture you and give you. And for some people it's, ver- it's verbal. For some people, it's also um, imagery. It can be the sensation, imagining someone putting their arms around you. Mm-hmm. It can be humming. That's something that a lot of people that I work with, we teach them to do, to hum. It's, it's, um, there's actually, it turns on the parasympathetic nervous system, part of the vasovagal system to just, and that's like we do with babies, right? We like hum Uh and we rock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And so thinking about these soothing techniques to give to yourself that you deeply deserve and probably never got. That's right. That's right. It's so, God, it's so important. And it's so, it's almost immediate, right? Like when you imagine yourself as like a wounded child who Mm -hmm. didn't get the love and the compassion that, that you needed. And you actually like envision that child, like it's so immediate isn't it's it so immediate? And there's, and there's so much compassion. Like, I, I just want to put my arms yes. around that little one. Like right. there, the, all the self-hatred and self-judgment it melts really, away. It, it melts yep, away. Doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's so interesting that the key to loving yourself is actually going back to that initial place where the love was missing. Right. Oh, and it's yes. And it's so heartbreaking. And it's so, it is, that's exactly what it is. Just going back to that initial place. And if anyone feels like, oh, like the idea of loving yourself feels like Mm -hmm. hokey or like it's a step too far. I always think about it in terms, when I um, was dealing with my eating disorders and, and going through all of that and people would be like, you have to, you know, love your body just the way it is. And I was like, ew, no. (laughs) 
because mm-hmm. I was coming from a place of such intense self-loathing to go from self-loathing to love was like, what the fuck? And my therapist was like, you don't have to love your body. You don't ever have to love your body. What you have to do is respect it and, Mm. and accept it. Like you have to, well, I think she said, except first start first with, um, with, um, respect, just treat it with respect, Mm -hmm. right. Which will lead to acceptance, which may or may not lead to love. Right. But you at least need to respect it. Right. right. And, you know, I think if, if, for those of you who are listening and think even that's hard, uh-huh. what I'm thinking about is like, especially because maybe think about the body work, like we, we want to aim for neutrality. Yes. That's exactly it. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. So what if it's like, you don't love yourself, hate yourself. You're just like, here I am. Like, and actually, if I think about it like that to me is, is self-esteem. It's not being like grandiose or thinking I can handle. It's actually being like, I'm human. Look at me, cute little human yes, doing all right. the human things. And that's actually acceptance, right? right? Acceptance, I think, is that, totally. is that neut- neutral space where you're like, yes. yep, I do this right. I do this great. I do this really shitty, <laughs> right? And I don't like, <laughs> and I have no opinions or value judgments on either one at any time. Right. I just know myself to <clears throat> be this way. Exactly. And you know, that is so much how we parent little ones. Uh-huh. Like, and I, again, that's what we internalized. If we were expected as a little one to be perfect and to never, I don't know, need to eat or need to cry or need to yell or like we are my whole wheel of we're the whole wheel of emotions. And many of us have been told that we can't be those spokes on the wheel. That's right. And so then we grow up feeling like I can be one thing only. And if I'm not that I'm a piece of crap. That's right. Yes. But every time someone has an emotion, I want you to think to yourself, oh, you're so beautiful with this juicy, delicious emotion. I love your beautiful, juicy rage. I love your beautiful, juicy jealousy. I love your beautiful, juicy sadness. It's all who you are. It's not just one emotion that we're aiming for. We're aiming to be multi faceted, beautiful, juicy people. Yes. Yes. And for those of us who were in certainly abusive relationships where mm-hmm. all of our juiciness had to yeah. be like tamped down and right. Like we, it was like, none of it was okay. None of it was mm-hmm. safe. None of it was appreciated. Right. Because it made us, you know, bigger than the other or whatever it was. Right. That can sound scary and confusing, but also like kind of exciting, kind of like, oh my God, I get to actually own that. I get to be that little by little Uh moment by moment. And I just want to say that the fact that any of you are listening who shut down your emotions for survival, bravo, Mm. good on you. We need you alive and here and ready to heal more than we need you to have been anything different than you were in that situation. Toxic environments require you to shut down your feelings. It is not your fault, right? It's not your fault, right? right? It's not your fault. And it is a slow process of learning how to come out of it. Of course. Yes. And that's why it's so wonderful that people have you as a guy yeah. and and you, right? Self-preservation. This is, this is all, this is all self-preservation. So we're talking about healing, like that we can heal through yep. this. And this is sort of almost like, you know, one of the main ingredients, like what are some other, what are, do we have some more tools that we can give people to like continue to heal through this? Yeah. 
Definitely. So one I like to think of is the sacred pause. Uh, I mentioned that a little bit with mm -hmm. not texting right away back, like really slowing things down and pausing and asking yourself, do I want to do this? Are my needs being met? Yeah. Yeah. Is there another option? Like I sometimes ask myself, does it have to be done by me? Does it have to be done now? Does it have to be done perfectly? Like just to slow down and pause because I know when I was going through, everything was so reactive and immediate and reflexive. Yes. Yes. And so I think a sacred pause really helps you heal because again, it's all these tools to get more connected to mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That was one of the, one of my, it was a huge aha moment early on in my Al-Anon journey was reading the courage to change. And there's a, there's a page about putting spiritual space between yourself and a problem. Mm -hmm. And when first time I, I read that, I was like, <laughs> like, Wow that's a thing <laughs> yeah. because I was so reactive. I did have, I had to get the first. I had to, I had to fix it. Yeah. I had to like, I had to fix the problem or I had to react to the problem or I had like, it was so frenetic. And the idea yeah. that there was, and I love that you call it a sacred pause, right? It is so sacred or, you know, the courage to change calls it a spiritual space. And I love those words like sacred and spiritual because there's breath in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not like just stop, just don't react, which is what we hear. Don't react. Right. Well, what are we doing with that? Right. There's space for you. It's not because I think if you've come out of a relationship where you've been shut down a lot, telling someone just wait or don't do anything can feel like you're sublimating your needs. But this is like, no, no, I'm stopping and then giving myself space. This is for me to expand into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yep. right. Yep. It's for me to expand into. And another tip I just um, thought of and popped completely out of my head. That's really wild. <laughs> yeah. That happens sometimes. Always. But I thought of so many different tips. Um, but one of the one of the things that I, I do want to encourage to spend some time writing themselves a love letter. You know, how many times have we said, I wish this person would say this? I wish they girls, let's just get our let's write it for our freaking selves. That's right. That's what I did. I wrote this letter and I, I couldn't, at first I was like, this is so lame. I'm not going to have anything to say. Oh, then I started getting going, you know, you are so kind. You are so thoughtful. You, I get tingles when I think of you. I mean, it was like a crazy love letter. Aww. I love Try that. to write a love letter. Yes. Yourself. yes. I love that. I've never done that. What I've done is like, I like your, I like yours better. I did a, like a list of my unique qualities. Right. And then I used to have clients do this all the time, like list your unique qualities and then send an email to people that you trust and that like, won't <laughs> think this is really weird. Um, and ask them for the same thing. And then you'll start to notice like everyone says the same things and you're like, and they're not on yes. your list. And you're like, wait, what? Okay. Right. And then like, put it up on your wall, like make it pretty, <laughs> you know, do like totally. glitter pens with it. I love that. And I love asking other people, please do that. But, the, and, and when, if you write yourself a love letter, there's something like, I don't know, very like permissive about it. Like it's very I love like that idea. I love that. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's real. And so, because again, if we start with the premise that you, you already know why you're so incredibly lovable, mm -hmm. we just haven't been listening to that part of us. Right. That's right. So, right. So these tools are simply just 
helping you release that spacesuit and hear a little better what we've we all already know about you. So great, so beautiful. I wish we had like all the time in the world, but I know we don't because <laughs> because COVID. I know this was just like the nicest thirty minutes not think about what was happening. Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, where can everybody yes. find you? Mm, you can find me in Kate's amazing program oh, is one that's place. Right. You guys, Dr. Right. Elizabeth Cohen is one of my favorite experts in the divorce survival program. So if you love this conversation, there's a lot more work to be done with her in that program. Go on. <laughs> of course. And you can reach me on my website at drdrelizabethcohen.com or on Instagram on the divorce doctor. And I have a podcast as well called the divorce doctor where women and men share their stories, including Kate, the amazing Kate will share about their divorce history. Awesome. Thank you so much, my love. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.